Amen. If you would, as you're able, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Which comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 20. Deuteronomy 8, 10 through 20. This is Moses speaking to Israel. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Today, uh, I'm beginning a, a new series that for the next three weeks we're going to be in. And the title of it is, as you see on the screen, is What's in Your Wallet? Um, Capital One made this question uh, famous by making it their slogan and asking you, what's in your wallet? Meaning, do you have their card in your wallet? Um, that's what they really want to know is, do you have their card in your wallet? I love talking about money. I do. Honestly, I love talking about money because one of the best indicators of spiritual maturity and spiritual growth is how we handle our money and what we're doing with it. So this is an intimate topic. Um, we don't want someone to ask what's in your wallet. I mean, how many people come up to you on a daily basis and say, what's in your wallet? Unless they want something out of your wallet. You know, nobody's asking you, what's in your checking account, or, or, or how do you spend your money, or do you give 10% to the church? Or, you know, do, we, don't have, we don't have these questions often. Because we know that what's in our wallet, what's in our checking account, or not in our checking account, says a ton about who we are and about our relationship with God. And we don't want people to know us that intimately, if we're, if we're being honest. We just don't. Well, so here, here's the thing. So let's check out my wallet. Um, so <clears throat> obviously got my driver's license, got my insurance card. Um, I got my debit card, um, business cards. I got a little, I got a little cash, got a little cash. Um, 
Kristen and I give ourselves each um, some pocket money every month to, that we can do whatever we want to with. Um, I got my tie check. This is not only a good illustration, um, but uh, I forgot to pay it earlier. Um, wasn't here last week, and so there we go. Um, that's my wallet. It's a little brown, it's bifold, nothing special. But as we talk about money in our wallets, I invite you to examine yours. Your wallets, your purses, whatever it is. Examine your money and your wallets and how you're spending your money. Because how you spend your money says a load, says a ton about your relationship with God. Because our money touches every area of our life. Your marriage, your job, your home, your kids, your school, everything. But before we really talk about specifics how much to give and all that and I think we need a little perspective we need a little perspective on money and the source of money and the source of our giving and to help us get some perspective this morning I want to leave you with something to take home with uh, nothing physically just a little phrase that maybe you can remember and English teachers are going to just pounce all over me don't forget to remember don't forget to remember. I think that's the cry of the entire Old Testament. Don't forget to remember. God, the prophets, writers saying, don't forget God, remember God. Don't forget God, remember God. Don't forget God, remember God. Whether we're experiencing success or failure, whether financial or otherwise, it is important that we make sure not to forget to remember. We see this instruction in our passage from Deuteronomy. The Israelites have yet to enter the promised land, but they're getting ready to, they're getting prepared. But before they leave the wilderness and enter the land flowing with milk and honey, they need a little instruction, some warning, a reminder, a little perspective. And so listen again to this passage. He says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I give you today. The, the, the writer, Moses, they, he knew that the Israelites needed a little perspective. He knew that when the Israelites entered the promised land, they were going to be tempted. They were going to be tempted to forget. They were going to be tempted to forget all that God had, had done for them and, and as they settled into this land flowing with milk and honey. That's why it's important that we don't forget to remember. Let's face it. We live in a land flowing with milk and honey. Even when our economy was at one of its lowest points a few years ago, we were still re relatively living in a land flowing with milk and honey. For us, it was and still is to a certain degree. It's a struggle sometimes. Some days are struggles. Because we're used to living at a certain economic level, but compared to much of the world, we have it good. We have it great. And so as we see kind of glimpses of our economy growing and strengthening, 
We're, we're in need of a little perspective now more than ever. So we're here to hear the cry, don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember what God has done for you. What has God done for you? I ask you that. What has God done for you? Think back. What has God done for you? It is so important to remember what God has done. Because remembering what God has done for us helps us to do for God today. So what has God done for you? I'll tell you what God has done for me. He's given me, well, not today. I was going to say a healthy and beautiful family. They're beautiful. They're not healthy today. Tanner's a little sick under the weather. Um, but relatively three healthy, growing kids, the best wife a guy could ask for. There's a song that says, when God made you, I don't know if you ever heard that, when God made you, in that song it says, when God made you, he must have been thinking about me. Well, that describes God's gift of Kristen to me. When God made her, he had to have been thinking about me, because Lord knows I need some help. My family has never been in want. Sure, it's been tight a few months, but we have always had what we needed. When we have come to God in prayer asking for something specific in his name, God has always provided. Back when, when Kristen was pregnant with Hunter and, and there was, we were a few weeks away from the, the deadline. <laughs> Classic. Um, it's a deadline. Um, <laughs> Hunter's due date. He, Hunter was breached. Uh, upside down, not the way he needs to be. And he was always moving, always still is, always moving. But, but too soon, too close, he was, he was breached. And so the doctor had scheduled what's called an aversion. I don't know if you, many of you know what an aversion is. But it's basically where... You're admitted, the mother's admitted, and the doctor begins to press down on the belly to physically move the baby. And the reason you're admitted is because all that pushing can cause the mother to go into labor. And so uh, we were scheduled to do that on Thursday and Wednesday night. I was the associate pastor at Dublin first, and we told the church, and they just, whoo, seven years ago. Okay. Um, they just rallied around us and they prayed over us. And so we got up early morning to drive to Macon. Kristen gets admitted. She has IVs put in her. They do all this stuff. And the doctor hasn't even touched her. And the doctor gets there and they do a sonogram. And Hunter's turned. He's in the right direction. So they unhook the IVs and we go home. Remember what God has done for you. Remembering what God has done for you will help you to do for God today. God has also given me a great calling, a great job, and a great church, and a great community. This is what God has done for me. What has God done for you? As you're thinking about that, the writer of Deuteronomy reminds the Israelites of what God had done for them Verses 14 through 16, he says, The Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, he led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. 
He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your, your fathers, your ancestors had never known to humble and to test you so that at the end it might go well with you. God brought them out of slavery. He led them through the desert. He didn't leave them there. He protected them. He gave them something to drink. He gave them something to eat, supernaturally giving them manna, something that was not of this world. Literally, manna means what is it? That's what manna means. They looked at it, manna, what is it? This is what God had done for them. What has God done for you? The writer wants the Israelites not to forget to remember what God had done for them. They relied on God in the desert, and they still needed to rely on God in the promised land, in the land flowing of of milk and honey. As we examine our wallets, we need a little perspective on what God has already done for us. Remembering what God has done for us in the past will help us do for God today. Which leads me to my next point. Don't forget to remember what God is doing today. God's always at work. Always, always, always at work. And we must must remember that every single day. But just like it was hard for the Israelites to remember in the promised land, it's easy for us to forget that God is at work today. When we have everything that we need, honestly, we have everything that we need. No matter how tight it is at the end of the month, it's easy to forget that God is the one providing. The writer in Deuteronomy knew this. That's why he told the Israelites, you may say to yourself, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Some of us here this morning are very proud people. You relish the fact that you do a hard day's work, that you earn your paycheck, that you provide for your family, whether you're the man or the woman, whatever. You take pride in the fact that your hard work provides you and your family with everything you need and oftentimes more more than what you need. And there is nothing wrong with working hard. The Bible talks a lot about working hard. Except when you forget where your ability to work hard comes from. It comes from God, and we cannot forget that. When push comes to shove, we realize that everything comes from God. Yes, you can work hard, but God gave you the air to breathe to wake up that morning, this morning, today. He gave you the feet you use to get to work. He provides you the hands and the brains and the ability to do your job. You see, if we are the reason for our success, no matter how little or how big, then we're going to use that success however we see fit. If we bring home a good paycheck and believe that we alone are the reason for that paycheck, then we're going to spend that money however we see fit. But if we understand that everything comes from God, that God gave us the ability to work hard to provide for our family, then we're going to spend that money the way that God instructs us to, the way that God sees fit. Do you see 
how just a little bit of perspective changes everything. It changes completely how we view money. This is why we're called to not forget to remember. God has done so much for us. God is doing so much for us. And he will do so much.